Welcome to Life on the Watercrest Line. In this series, we follow the activities of the line throughout the year. We go behind the scenes and see all aspects of the operation. Episode 4, The Canadian Pacific Project, Part 2, where I talk to Becky Peacock, who is project managing the restoration of this famous Merchant Navy class locomotive. Today, Becky and I talk about the fact that the frame cabin wheels are in Eastleigh, where Canadian Pacific was originally built, but the boiler and two carriages are being restored at Ropley. You are doing the work yourselves rather than going to some specialist engineer. Yes, so we are doing the work split between two sites. So Canadian Pacific's frames, wheels and cab are sat in Eastleigh Works in the same building she was built in in 1941, which is a really special place to be sat. We're not in the same road, but in the same building at least. So that's always nice. And her boiler and two carriages are here at Ropley. We have a really lovely engineering uh, work, set of workshops here on the Watercrest Line at Ropley and some really amazing engineers. So they're undertaking all of that restoration here. Because Flying Scotsman, for example, when that was restored, was restored, restored by a specialist engineering company, wasn't it? Yeah, so there are lots of specialist engineering companies. Not every heritage railway has a boiler workshop. We're very lucky to have one, just as South Devon are very lucky to have one. And we're very lucky to have you know, four boilersmiths. It's, it's a, a skill that is diminishing. There are not very many boilersmiths in the country that are capable of doing the level of work that we require of them on a daily basis. And so the ability to be able to have that skill set here is huge um, because not only can they overhaul boilers like Canadian Pacific, uh, which is a, a huge feat in itself, but they've also just completed our S15506's boiler for the Uri Locomotive Society. They're currently doing West Country Class Swanage's boiler in there as well alongside Canadian Pacific. And they're also doing all of the maintenance of boilers on our running fleet. So it's, it's a real workload to, to really manage, but they do it very well. And uh, well, they have definitely a lot more skill than I do. <laughs> Are they full-time staff or are they volunteers? So the Boilersmiths themselves are are full-time members of staff. Um, We do have a couple of volunteers that work in the boiler shop, but because of the health and safety regulations around boilers, they have to be what we term a competent person. So someone with the skill level to do that. The volunteers that work in there will do things like the cleaning of the, the plates that are required or you know making sure that they've cleaned up the tubes that are going up. So they, they do have some volunteer work. In terms of the volunteers, I have a core set of volunteers that, res- uh, that overhaul Canadian Pacific. So down in Eastleigh, we have a set of about 12 volunteers who work three days a week on overhauling the rest of Canadian Pacific, so what we term the mechanical overhaul, which is anything aside from the boiler. And they are a really dedicated team. That team actually overhauled Cheltenham, which is running here, that's the National Railway Museum's uh, schools class, so they overhauled that one. Um, so they're, they're very skilled, very knowledgeable, 
and even a number of them used to work in Eastleigh Works, so they, they know <laughs> know their jobs very well. And their way around. Yeah. Exactly, yes. That's something that I suppose most people wouldn't have realised, that a heritage railway actually employs people with those skills alongside the volunteers to actually make the whole thing work. Yes, we're really lucky um, to, to have the core of staff here at Rockley that we do with the knowledge base that they do. And what's really lovely as well as part of the Canadian Pacific project, we have six apprentices here at Rockley. And so we hired uh, two apprentice boilersmiths, two carpenters, a fitter and a machinist. And a number of them are still with us still carrying on their apprenticeships. Some of them have finished their apprenticeships and now become full-time members of staff, like our machinist. He's now our machine shop foreman, which is a, a huge achievement to go from being an apprentice to actually running the machine shop. So it just shows the level of skill that, that they have. And others have gone off to work at other heritage railways or, or go off and do other things. So it's nice to see that they've used their skills, whether they've stayed here or, or gone off elsewhere. When Canadian Pacific was built, do you know how much she cost to build? Not off the top of my head, I don't. It would be an interesting figure because it's costing... The estimate when we started the project was that the entire project would cost £1.5 million. The new inner firebox is costing an additional £125,000. And to get the inner firebox out, we had to destroy 2,200 boiler stays, and each boiler stay cost £25 to replace. So I'm assuming we're a little bit more expensive than she cost in 1941. <laughs> Just a little. That was the comparison <laughs> I was hoping we might have been able to make. However, so you said there was a budget for the project. How much do you think it's going to cost in total? Oh, we, we are definitely over budget at the moment. But what we received from the Heritage Lottery Fund was £895,000. Everything else is, is actually paid for by us, by the society as in terms of the engine and by the company as in terms of staff labour, if required. Um, so as I said, we've had that additional cost because of the boiler is being as far worse than we expected and realistically the best option was to replace it in a firebox but doing so we d destroyed good materials such as the boiler stays not many of the boiler stays had cracked some of them had but not most so we actually destroyed good boiler stays and now are having to replace them but what we tried to do is we've done lots of appeals which are still running actually we did the boiler stay appeal so you could pay 25 pound and buy us a boiler stay we've just set up as well another appeal for seats for our wooden frame carriages because they're going to cost about £23,000. So it's all those sorts of things that start to add up. And so it's really about trying to fundraise to help pay for that. But where possible, we do pay for it ourselves by the society. And so they are really trying to put money into the locomotive to get it finished and into the carriages. But it's a far more expensive locomotive than was thought of previously when we first started it was a lot less expensive <laughs> but for people who wish to donate money you are a registered charity we are yes and therefore there are the tax advantages as well for people gift aid yes. gift aid that's so, it so yeah we we do always really encourage people to tick that gift aid box 
and do that because we also receive that extra money and that goes to helping us restore the locomotive far quicker um, any help is always grateful um, really very much um, gratefully received uh, because we all want to see this locomotive running and, and soon my, my volunteers as they keep telling me are getting older every year and they want to see that locomotive running and they, they keep telling me that you know they're worried they might not make it um, I'm sure they will I'm sure they will outlive me to be honest <laughs> they, are, they are very fit but you know we want to see it running and particularly in the next few years when we, we will be having um, a number of other locomotives coming out of service. She's been out of service for so long as well. And tying in with other things, so Canadian Pacific being built in 1941 in Eastleigh Works, at that time over half of the workforce were female. And so we know that women worked on building Canadian Pacific. So she has another story to tell, is that she was built by female engineers Women who probably had never come from an engineering background, never worked in a, the railway at all, to suddenly build a locomotive that still survives today is a, an amazing feat. And so if we can get her out in the next couple of years, we can still talk about that, obviously, with the centenary of the women's vote this year, but still celebrate what women have managed to achieve. And realistically, in the next couple of years? That is the hope. So we had a deadline of October next year. The reality is the boiler's probably going to take a little bit longer, which means that we'll get her out October 2020. So not too long after the the deadline that we were aiming for, but we don't want to rush the boiler. It's a pressurised system. We want to make sure we get it correct and and right because we want that boiler to run for the next... 50, 60 years on into the future we want the Canadian Pacific to survive as a running locomotive and so you know we want to get it right and because as I said it hasn't been achieved in preservation before it's a bit of an unknown (laughs) so it will take a little bit longer but not too much longer we want that engine out we need the engine out the the locomotive's got to replace um, a locomotive coming out of service so we don't want to leave ourselves short, particularly since Canadian Pacific can haul our dining trains because uh, they weigh a little bit more than the other passenger services. And I'm sure everyone will be very upset if the real L train doesn't run as well. So <laughs> she's definitely a required locomotive. Thank you very much for all of that. That was very useful. That's all right, no problem. <laughs> We're out in the yard at the moment and uh, Becky's just showing me the tender frame. Yeah, so Canadian Pacific's tender frame is here at Ropley Yard having its overhaul. What we've bought is a brand new tender top which is what holds the coal and water. So that will go on the newly overhauled tender frame when she comes back in service. Um, but it's, it's a little bit more um, damaged than we uh, first thought of it. Um, and first assessed it so we're just going through at the moment as we're cleaning it really trying to assess what needs to be replaced (laughs) 
so now we're in is this the carriage workshop it is yes and you've got these two wooden frame carriages that are undergoing restoration can you tell me about them the two wooden frame carriages that we stood uh, next to are part of the Canadian Pacific project they were both designed by Oliver Bullitt so the same engineer that designed Canadian Pacific and they were built uh, late 1940s they're kind of the last set of wooden frame carriages built on the railway and they have a kind of a tin outer skin um, but they have a bit of difficulties in their restoration in that they are curved so they've got curved sides curved roofs um, and curved windows so a little bit more difficult than <laughs> a normal carriage in itself I can see, yes, there is a curve where the windows are, so that will mean curved glass? Yes, it will, yes, which uh, does mean an additional cost for that. Our dear friend Mr Bullied again and his bright ideas. It is. Even uh, even the uh, carriages had little um, quirks to them, which sometimes work and sometimes don't. And so some essences we have to start to adapt them to the way that we use the carriages here and so at the moment what we're trying to do is raise £23,000 to uh, make new seats for these carriages because these two uh, didn't come with seats. The seats had disintegrated or uh, so that they were somebody <laughs> bought them? So for the one we stood at the moment, 4367, um, the seats in the open compartment were actually taken out and used in 4211, which is currently in service here on the Watercrest line, because uh, 4211 didn't have seats. And so rather than try and find the money for, for it right then and there, they took the seats out of 4367 and put them in 4211. But that now means that we need to find seats for 46, uh, 4367. And then the other carriage actually didn't have any seats whatsoever. So we've got to um, put those in. So that's another appeal? That is, yes. So we, we've got that up and running at the moment. And you can find that on the website. Um, and you know, please help us to, to put seats in our carriages so that we can uh, then take passengers up and down the railway in them. Uh, do these have the same project end date as the locomotive, or are these not different? So the end date for these are slightly different. One of them will be completed at the beginning of next year, um, and then that will be in service by the middle of next year because we have to go through running tests with it. And then the, one, uh, the second one will be out uh, 2020. And looking at it, it looks like if, if I was to talk about a car, an old car, the chassis is steel, but the bodywork is wood. Yes, you're correct, yeah. So the, the bogies um, are, are made out of steel, and then we have a wooden frame on top, um, and then a, a tin outer casing around the outside. And when you say tin, that <laughs> is tr yeah. truly tin rather than something that you know people would might call tin yes because <laughs> tin's quite an expensive material isn't it um yes yeah, so the carriages are made out of five different types of wood of which one of them is mahogany so it's not even uh, <laughs> a cheap made uh, frame in itself it does have some very expensive parts to it but all of the wood that we take out that we can't use because it's too rotten to stay in the carriage 
we reuse. So we make it into things like pens, light balls, egg cups that people can then purchase so they can buy part of our bullet carriage. Oh, that's a very good idea. So again, they can contribute to its upkeep in that exactly. way. Exactly, yeah. Okay, well, no, that's very interesting. Looking at them now, and I'm going to take a couple of photographs so that people can see, the thought of them being, one of them being in service by the end of next year... <laughs> yes. It always looks worse before it gets better. Well, I would imagine that by the time the cladding's on it, it'll look a lot better. Out of interest, between the, the kind of wooden uprights, when it has its cladding on, does it have any insulation or anything like that, or is it just literally a air? So the, the gaps you can see will be where the electrics will run right. throughout. So they had um, some lovely little features inside, some lovely vintage um, luggage racks, little um, lights as well with little light switches, and that's what we want to recreate. We want to make this as authentic as possible. So it's going to go back to what it would have originally looked like. The problem lies in the fact that, obviously, in most cases, those parts were not made anymore. So things like trying to source the light switches are a little bit difficult because we, they don't get made anymore. So we're trying to find them so that we can put them in um, so that it still has that lovely feel. But if anyone wants to come and see what uh, a finished bullet carriage looks like, come and ride on the watercrest line because um, 4211 is our finished one. And you can always tell a bullet carriage from the rest of our stock because it has curved sides, it's in southern railway green and it has southern in bright yellow. As it would have when it first came out of the building. Exactly. So that one and these two carriages will then be Canadian Pacific set. So they will all in essence be, it will be a bullied carriage and locomotive and a 1940s carriage and locomotive. So it will be a lovely set to, to have on the railway. And when these were built, what was the maximum speed that they could run at? Good question. <laughs> because, because when I look on the back of a railway carriage these days, it will tell you its route authorizations yeah. and its maximum speed. I was just wondering what speed these were allowed to run at. I don't at. know. We might be able to find someone who can answer that one for you. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> This podcast is published by the Mr. T Podcast Studio.